1: It's a rough night already, rough crowd.
0: I don't have to say anything, you can just keep going. (laughs) (sighs) Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to the Blazer's Edge podcast. I'm Tara Bowen Biggs, joined as always by Blazer's outsider, Danny Morang. Toodaloo! So, Dan, in your wildest dreams, did you ever think that we would be sitting here talking about the Blazers potentially going 6 and 1 on one of, if not the longest road trip in franchise history?
1: Yeah, it's uh, 6 and 1, no. Uh, I thought 5 and 2 was like best case scenario, right? Like, you don't expect Boston to just be a complete bag of cats. You don't expect Philly to not have Embiid. Um, you don't expect a second year I guess they would I was at home but I was say yeah, a second year big trolling living brains out of all stars and it leading to successive games as the blazers trolling people out of their games so yeah no, it's
0: uh I', I don't, so no one you didn't you didn't I've expect to be talking about this good of a road trip no. So are you – I mean, it kind of sounded like a couple of the things you were saying there. You were implying that the Blazers met other teams when the other teams weren't performing up to their capabilities. So how much credit do you want to give to the Blazers, and how much do you want to say it's because of who they were playing?
1: I, I, I'm giving most of it to the Blazers, Okay, the I just and wanted to is, clarify that. No, it was no, like, jeez. No, <laughs> no I, I, the, the qualifications I put in there, like – I. Like, they manhandled Philly. Like, that, that game was never really a game. I mean, that was... And you expect to go in there and, and beat up on Cleveland. Now, there was a little messy along the way, um, but... No, I, third quarter? I, what I,
0: third quarter? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there was exactly. no third quarter in that Cavaliers game.
1: Um, the Boston game, there's, there's some stuff going on there, but I'm still giving Portland some credit because even in a hideously ugly game that let's say Boston didn't play their best and neither did Portland. Portland still found a way to win when it mattered.
0: Right? Yeah. There were some, so. there were some good things in all of the games that we have seen this week, but let's talk about the one that just happened. Well, that happened several hours ago, but it happened today on Sunday and that was the game against Charlotte to be known forever in the record books as the Rodney hood game. So yeah. the Blazers won that game largely behind 27 points from Rodney Hood, and it was delightful to watch. You could see in his body language and in his face how happy he was that he, the shots were starting to fall. My question for you is: Why do you think this was the game, and this is the time and place that they finally did start to fall for him?
1: I don't know. I, I mean, today was 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 a. Uh, a good day for, for Rodney and for me. So so Rodney got back on the Schneid and I got my first Manny Petty. So I'm I'm kinda of, I'm kinda of feeling good here too. And so I'm I'm thinking it was just the same kinda of deal for Rodney. Just just had a had a good day for him, some good self care. Made sure he was all squared
0: away and
1: it's just it just came together for him.
0: Okay. So I'm gonna help you out and uh, no, save you no, from that, that, from yourself here. Is that the reason? In in terms of the way that he was playing, did you think that his shot selection was any different or any better? Did you find him to be more open than he was before, or was it simply a matter of the fact that he had the hot hand and everybody else had the presence of mind to recognize it and just keep feeding it to him?
1: No, like I said, I I think it's uh, it's it's a little bit of sarcasm, but I'm I'm serious with like the whole like self-care thing. He just kept himself ready. I I don't think the shots were any different. I think over the last couple games, he's just like stepped right into shots that were like, I felt like good shots. I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Let's, let's make this happen, you know, and just shots that just didn't fall tonight. Once he got going, then he was maybe feeling himself a little bit. The logo three, uh, the pull up, um, Mid range floater, the, the one where he got smacked in the back of the head, got the and one. Like he was, once he got rolling, he was kind of the uh, reserve superstar for the moment. He's like, oh shucks, guys, he hit him with hit him with that a few times, and he did try to kind of pass out of it to not not be the the greedy new guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. Everything else, for the most part, like it felt like it was in the flow of the offense.
0: You know what my favorite part of that game was? And I could see when it happened. I didn't look at the clock to find out when it was, but I could see there was a point, I think probably about halfway through the third quarter, where, or maybe like towards the beginning of the third quarter, where Damian and CJ were kind of trading shots and they were going in. And I could just, I mean, obviously I'm projecting here, but I, I felt that there was just a moment where Damien was like, no, I am not going to take over this game. They cannot rely on me to win this game. Somebody else is going to uh, pick this up. And, like, it just looked to me like he was completely capable of going off and scoring 40 points at that point. But I just – I felt something in him was like, no, I'm going to keep feeding it to somebody else because we need to get the confidence if we're going to make it through the playoffs – We need to get the confidence that there's other guys on this team who can take the ball and run with it. You know what I mean? Did you feel anything like that, or am I reading way too much into this situation? I mean, maybe a little,
1: little bit. Like maybe like a, a paragraph ago into it too much, but I think you're, you're. I don't think you're far off. In like, maybe not in this game, but certainly in the past, I've seen Damian Lillard absolutely like, no man, this ain't it. I, I'm not bailing you out this time. You got you got to figure it out. It's got it can't be me every single time. Like he's played Papa Lillard, and perhaps that like I wasn't actively watching for it tonight, so that absolutely could have been a thing. Um, but I felt like at least when I really started paying attention to Dame uh, late in the game or you know third quarter and on, um, it was more about how everybody was really like they were they were bright and hot hand. You know they were they were going to Rodney, and so it's uh, it's a little.
0: It's a little bit of a weird situation, but I think it's ultimately a good one in the long one, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they had 26 assists tonight, which is, you know, well above their average of like 22 or whatever. I've been looking into it like faithfully throughout the whole season. And I'll be like, last five game, last 10 games, last pre-All-Star break, post-All-Star break. And no mm-hmm. matter how I look at it, the Blazers are always 24th in the league in assists no, <laughs> no matter, no matter, how, matter what that pie, is
1: going it's on it's, so uh, i'm always excited
0: third. because i think it's a fun brand of basketball when when you see them passing around but have absolutely have you noticed more sharing or passing or uh you know since the all-star break or since they've sort of gotten used to the new players
1: uh so I think the guys have been more willing to concede a possession to the new guys to, like, make them feel welcome, Um, to feel – or not, not, not like, effervescent. effervescent. Like, oh, here you go, buddy. Let me endear myself to you. But, like, here's a play for you because we know you don't know the sets. Here's a simple, like, two-step, you know, play. Here, down screen here, post up here and then get on the ball, you know, especially with with, with Rodney and Ennis, because they can both play in the post, and it's just an easy set for them to go to. Um, But for the most part, I think the ball is moving around more efficiently. I haven't looked at the numbers to see if if the actual increase in passes per 48 go up at all, but um, the ball is moving around better. A perfect example is today against the Hornets. CJ gets to a spot off the bounce... It goes into a little hop step, and it looks like he's getting ready to go right into that floater, right? And right as he's getting ready to go up, he just takes a little one-handed left-hand bounce pass to Harkless. It was a little bit awkward, but it gets to Harkless. It was early on in the game, and Harkless gets the layup. It's kind of in traffic, but CJ forcibly got the ball to Harkless in a situation where I normally don't, don't see him pass unless that's off some kind of like pick and roll action. This was this this was a, just a different kind of an iso on the left wing. And so it almost felt like CJ knew that he wasn't quite hitting well in that he was like I'm determined to be more active in this game. And one way I know I can do that is by creating and playmaking. He may have forced it a little bit, but I think part of that probably plays into the fact that he's out there trying to not only create, but the guy he passed to is Mo Harkless, who has struggled most of the year. And then over the last few games, his head seemed, you know, kind of that re- revival, or whatever you want to call it. And maybe he's just trying to reward that. I think there are a couple things at play, but I will say that the ball is moving better now than it was during that weird period in December when they were trying to figure things out. But I don't think it's moving quite as good as when it was operating through Nurkic as that, like, secondary or tertiary playmaker? I mean, wh- where where
0: are you sitting on it? So I have seen what I a, a believe to be some different combinations of guys passing it around. There's mm-hmm. been two games in a row where Nurk had some real nice give-and-goes. Today it was with Seth, and I swear there was, like, almost an identical one uh, in the last game, I think, with CJ. Um, there was, And then just like you know, like you said, the uh, the little dish off to uh, Harkless. I've seen a lot more, you know, a variety of players going to Harkless, and I've seen a lot more like little shovel passes, like right under the rim. Like they can Mm -hmm. recognize that somebody isn't in the best position, but there's somebody else there with them, so they just kind of like give it underhanded to them, so they can get it from a better angle. And it seems to me like I just feel like they're in this preparation mode where they're trying to practice some things that um, they may see in the playoffs without, like, making the whole game about it because they don't want to, like, change their style of play too much. But they, I think they do need to try out some new things, like if Damian and CJ are completely gummed up by double teams, these other guys have to figure out ways to score. And I think that's what's so encouraging is that other guys have been figuring out how to score score. Like Mo Harkless, like we've seen layman all year. Like, you know, uh Seth has had some really nice games all this week. You know, I just think it's encouraging that other players are figuring out other ways to score. And sometimes Damien and CJ aren't even involved at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, there have been nights where you They definitely aren't the the focal points. And it's for not only one, but both of them to have nights where not necessarily they have nights off or they don't have to be the featured guy. I mean, Cantor's first two games with how effective those two guys were between Nurkic and Cantor inside. Dave and CJ, like, I, I know they had good games, but they didn't have to go out there and go absolutely bananas for them to not only win the game, but to walk away with it. So it's 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 a little weird
0: to. Uh, weird. That, that, is yeah. that is that is that is it a comforting? feeling in your chest of <laughs> something akin to maybe hope? No,
1: honestly, this I know this is going to be just fantastic for everybody. Okay, hold this on. The, if you're qualifying
0: well, you're, it, if you're about ready to qualify your own stuff, do you really want to say whatever it is is about ready to come out of your mouth? <laughs>
1: No, I I was actually going to say, like, without qualifiers, this was the most optimistic I felt about this team all season.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Just today after the Charlotte game or just, like, this week in general? or No, the Toronto game. Oh, the Toronto game. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which is really weird for me because, I mean, you want to talk about qualifiers. I hate moral victory wins like that in professional sports, but when it literally comes down to a coin toss and you made mistakes all along the way, But you still found yourself in that position. That's that's more positive things to build on, especially in a night when you had Nurkic in foul trouble and when you didn't have Cantor, Mm -hmm. and you're still right there.
0: That is exactly what I like. Cornered every person that like said hi to me and made eye contact with me, and I cornered (laughs) him and I said, "You know what was great about that game is that the Blazers didn't play well, and they still just lost on. You know, like they have room. They had room to improve. They could have played better." and won, as opposed to, like, they just played terrible, and it was awful. It was just like, okay, they played well enough, but there are places where they could do even better, and they could have won that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't really like moral victories all that much, but Felt like that was one of those ones, and now I'm just picturing you like going up to like everybody at Starbucks.
0: That game didn't matter. <laughs> okay, I'm a little. In... I don't go to Starbucks, but oh jeez,
1: Coava, <laughs> your local cooperative, <gasps> for the love of God, whatever it is,
0: yeah. I, I, I get you. Um, but yeah, sometimes I might do that. Like if somebody makes eye contact with me, I'm like, hey, are you a Blazer fan? <laughs> like, ah, if I see somebody wearing away. Blazer gear, it's um, always like. Okay, but let's talk that about that Toronto go. game. That was a very nice CJ game. He was uh, 12 of 20. He was 7-11 from three. He also had four rebounds, five assists, and a steal. I like games like that from CJ when he's active in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, You know, did you sit with CJ? Did you see other players that you'd like to make mention of their performance in that Toronto game? Um, Hmm. I don't know. So we they did not have Cantor. (laughs) So I was curious to see, you know, how it would look to, you know, go back to Collins and Leonard Myers. Yep. And uh, that's what happened. So, do you think that, did they, it, to, to me, it didn't feel like they went back and played exactly the same way they did before. I felt like they were, well, I guess, you know, with everybody else passing around to everybody else and Hood being in the lineup and, and things like that. It just felt a little bit different to me. How did you feel about yeah, no, how absolutely. the other centers played? Um,
1: Defensively, I, I actually thought both were just fine. Uh, I saw some people talking about Myers struggling defensively. And I don't know if anybody noticed, but uh, that that same center he was going against, Marcus Gasol, he got Yusuf Durkic in foul trouble with the same stuff he was doing to Myers Leonard. Um, and he's also very good. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I looked at it, I'm like, Myers is doing a great job of walling off Kawhi Leonard on the drive, Kyle Lowry on the drive, and recovering in, on a Hall of Fame caliber center. Same way I, I looked at Zach like I was the only time I think I had an issue was Zach defensively in that game when he came back in was uh gave him a lot of a lot of ground to Gasol but Gasol ended up traveling on the play so I was like meh, whatever but both the big guys defensively good fine great solid I can work with that offensively yish <laughs> That was a hard yikes um Zach was um lost at times with Myers. It looked more like the Myers of old where he just is pretty much parking on the three point line with the exception of that one lob play. They finally found him on. (laughs) Um, But I think I, I don't know if I'm necessarily frustrated with, with Myers and Zach and their lack of performance on that, or if it's more reality of like they haven't played. The offense has been geared more towards going downhill and both are probably trying to engender themselves a little bit of, little little bit of, of faith within the coaching staff, so just trying to do the right thing. So I think there's a couple things at at, at play there that ultimately bit Portland.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But where, where where are you sitting?
0: You know, with with those two, I think like you're right. Like if, if that if that has to happen for a game here and a game there, if somebody needs to come in because somebody gets into foul trouble, you hopefully aren't down a center and your starting center gets in foul trouble. I think that if they were in a situation where, you know, Cantor was out for a game and Yusuf Nurkic didn't get into foul trouble, um, it would obviously be a lot easier situation. Um, But I was also just kind of watching that when they did have Cantor, Zach did get in the game to play a little bit of the four, like I thought was gonna happen. So, how did you think that looked? I didn't uh, think it looked great the first time, I thought it looked better the second time we saw it.
1: It's not going to work for any real period of time unless Zach can knock down a shot, mm-hmm. otherwise, we're right back to the whole. Well, you've got non shooters on the floor, and we don't even have Evan back right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to have Cantor and Evan on the floor, that almost can't be Zach.
0: Do you think that it's with, as far as the scoring goes, when you're not talking about trying to score right under the basket, but like, you know, a few steps out? You know, he even had a little bit of a post, he was starting to develop a little bit of post move at the beginning of the year when he was playing well. Do you think with him, we can just allow that sometimes it takes a little bit long i mean like we were real patient well i guess rodney hood only took like nine games or whatever but we were pretty patient (laughs) um but yeah i mean like you know he's still only a, a second year guy you know i i just feel like more getting out there and getting more reps would be good for him i i think but I don't want to see him out there Certainly. for extended periods of time. But like, keep that's shooting, that's buddy. Thing. Just keep shooting because it'll go in. Yeah. So
1: I don't think the Blazers or anybody else is really against getting Zach some some time, right? Yeah, I was it's,
0: surprised when he got none in those uh, first couple of games.
1: I I wasn't just because I know, I think I know what they're trying to go for here. And I think part of the reason why they're they're trying this whole deal with Zach again right now, and not because they, they they totally lost faith in him, but I'm talking about like getting minutes that matter, but um is because they want to have the flexibility to put a positive defender alongside Cantor in the playoffs. Someone with some flexibility outside of Harkless or Aminu. And I think they're gonna try a few things like layman with him at the five to see if there's any real switchability or flexibility there, or how much they need to really cover up for um, just different scenarios. This is, that's what the next month is about. I was talking to uh, Matt Moore on Twitter today, uh, hardwood paroxysm writer at the action network and just kind of celebrating the fact that the Blazers have a bench that you can actually turn to and not be like, Oh crap, what happened? You know, now it's like, oh crap! What happened? You know, <laughs> it's it's a little it's a little nicer. Well, now so, when
0: new when different lineups go in, you hold your breath for a little while, and then you kind of kind of go, ah, well, I can see what they're fun. going for.
1: Yeah. So they're tinkering. They're trying things right now. They're trying to see this, that, or the other. Will this work? Will this won't won't this work? And like you, you take those moments when they come, like. Trying that against the um, Cavs, like trying stuff out, that's the time you do it. Trying it out against the Thunder, mm, mm-hmm. maybe not. Like that game is going to be so huge. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. here in a little bit. But like I get kind of the idea behind trying stuff out against competition matters, but I'd also like to see them like work a few kinks out on, you know, some of the scrub mats they have coming up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we, you know, move on I- – you know, uh, and put the past games in the past. I want to mention Mo Harkless. Um, I think he's been he's been playing great. And in that Boston game, he had 17 points, 10 rebounds, three steals. Uh, I think we've seen Steely Mo, or whatever you want to call him, like the Mo who can get in those lanes and tip it out and grab it and go to the other end. We've I th- we've seen a lot of good stuff from Harkless lately. At least that's what I think. What do you think? I know that you feel like you've been tested before, <laughs> but I think that I think he's playing, you know, uh, fully engaged, and I'm loving it.
1: Listen, like what have we said a million times at this wing position, Tara? get consistent production. I don't care who it comes from. Just for the love of God, give me consistent production at the wing. It just hasn't been there. Mm -hmm. But are you Uh, feeling
0: like it is there? I feel like
1: it has been there for the most part this season by committee. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like Jake was carrying obviously the largest piece of that burden offensively for the most part. Um, And I welcome Mo Harkless to the party. Mm -hmm. Like if we've, how many times have we said, Tara, like the, when it comes to Mo in particular, like good Mo is very good for this team. The problem is, when is good Mo around?
0: So, have you seen? Do you feel like this last week you've seen good Mo, or since the break? Since the break,
1: it is the most engaged and active I have seen him all season. Mm-hmm. I think he was terrific. Down, he is. This this is the frustrating bit of Mo Harkless. All of the talent and athleticism and. Prototypical build in the world, and then he can just by his own admission just disappear. Check out! So it's just one of those things that's so frustrating. You're like, yeah, yeah, Mo getting 17 and 10, shocker! You know, it's like <laughs> the dude's talented, the dude is good, and when he shows up, it's good for the Blazers. The only thing you can be, I think, even remotely critical of Mo since the break is for love of God, man, what. Is, is half a million dollars not enough to get you to get your three-point percentage back? Because, I mean, he, he, I, I think, I don't, did he, has he hit one yet? Or did he hit one? I think he might have hit one.
0: Yeah, he in, the, even in his good game, he was definitely 0 for 3. Yeah, phenomenal at the rim, though. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely great at the rim. And, which is what we sh- should be getting from him regularly, like, Six foot nine, two hundred and thirty five pound Mo Harkless with all the strength and bunnies in the world should absolutely unequivocally be very good at the rim. So it's very very nice to see that.
0: Well, I'm all about positive reinforcement with Mo Harkless, and I was seeing a lot of I've, I was seeing some people make comments about him saying, "Oh, I guess Damien and Stotts finally told him to you know get his head out of his you know." Um, that's a real possibility. You know <laughs> what though? I don't think it, I think that Mo finally came around because the coach believed in him, and he st- stood out there publicly and said that no Mo is going to be the starter. And if something finally clicked with him because Stas believed in him, so I'm going to believe that it was positive reinforcement, and I'm going to put out more positive energy towards Mo because I think that's what he needs. Not everybody's saying, "Yeah, but he should have been doing this all along. like what's in the past is in the past. Let's just welcome this Mo that has been playing this week and give that Mo a lot of positive reinforcement and also make sure he never steps on the court again without a headband,
1: yeah, that's one thousand percent accurate. Mo is wearing all of the headbands. <laughs> it is never coming off like he needs to like never watch that thing kind of a deal. <laughs>
0: it's working. But yeah,
1: he he has been very good. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very good. 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 Um, Stop. Just there. No, there have been like, I don't, I can't think of a time since the break where I'm like, yeah, you know what? Where's Mo? Like he's, he's when he's been on the floor, you have felt his presence and that's how it should always be with that guy. I'm not saying he can't have an off night. I'm just talking about his, his overall presence should be felt on both ends of the floor. just, based on his profile and his athleticism alone. And so the fact that that's there, yes, stoked, 100%. Two thumbs up. Hey.
0: Very good, Dan. I'm so proud of you. Hey, it happens. What can I say? So Portland has 19 games left. uh, (laughs) I mean, oh, man, only 19 left. Shucks. (laughs) Well, and, of course, in addition to all of the playoff games that they're going to be playing, because they're going to have a lot of playoff games this year. One of the things that I am really curious about and that I'm interested in watching, and you've probably picked up on it because I've mentioned them a million times, but I'm really curious to how the bigs are going to be utilized down the stretch and in the playoffs. And I'm trying to watch them and try to determine like, what's the scheme here, especially on defense. And I know that, you know, the plan is just to outscore everybody, but you also have to like put some kind of defensive effort together uh, especially when the playoffs come around. So I've been trying to figure out, like, um, you know, does the big come up at the top of the key? Does the big sag back under the basket? Um, is it just one big who's doing it, or are there two bigs, and are they, you know, up on the, the, um, you know, what is it, like uh, on the top of the free throw lines next to each other? You know, what what kind of schemes are the Blazers doing, and then, like, how much flexibility do they have within them and it feels to me like there is something different going on. Because the other thing is that, you know, Myers Leonard has been on the court for most of the year setting screen after screen after screen. We've talked about this, like mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. giving Damian Lillard more rooms to operate. He's not on the floor anymore. Nurkic is still there sitting screen setting screens. Cantor can set screens. But I feel like the uh, there's other players who are going to be taken out. Like the other day, like Jake Lehman was in his screen. I'm like, have I seen that before? I don't, I mean, I'm sure he's done it before, but, um, yeah, Dame was running pick and rolls with, with chief today. Yeah. Like, have you noticed different people stepping into those roles? What's up with that? I think
1: those are just tendency breakers. I think they're trying a few things. Obviously, they're going to keep a bunch of stuff up their sleeves for the playoffs. And also, I don't know why this candidate when you said this, but when you said Myers-Leonard is just carving out all that space, and I was like, huh, like an ice cream scoop. And I, I just like literally just popped into my head, and I'm like, does that mean we can call Myers the the big ice cream scooper? And I, I, I went off on a tangent in my own head. So that,
0: you lost oh. track of what I was saying? Yeah, no, no,
1: no, no. I <laughs> I, I, I kept you were thinking about ice cream. Like, what are you,
0: five, Dan?
1: It, it happened, okay? <laughs> Jeez. Like, all I had in my brain was like, oh, man, ice cream. You know what's better than ice cream? Sorbet. Ooh, mango sorbet. I love mangoes. And okay. It's just, I, Dan. Like that, it went really sideways, okay? Do you need
0: dinner? Did you no, not have no, dinner no. tonight?
1: Uh, oh, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite content. I had a, uh, what the hell did I have? Okay. I can't remember. Anyway. So anyway. But, but no, screens. Like where they're happening, who's doing them. There's, there were things that are definitely different. Okay. N- but not like, oh my God, what are they doing here? It's, it feels like the talking points of the team are different. The identity is still the same, but like when the the Monday morning meeting, you know, morning, morning, Monday morning staff meeting, everybody's sitting around. All right, guys, here's our key points for the week. Like it's always been X, Y, and Z, and now instead of X, Y, and Z, it's A, B, and C. Like it's the same hallmarks, the same same overarching things just the highlights are a little bit different instead of good morning it's how are you doing today you know does that does that make any sense
0: well i mean the it, it's fundamentally i think what you're saying is it's fundamentally the same team they haven't changed their their general overall style but no. they're trying a few different things and as a result we're seeing new things
1: yeah, exactly. Like uh, this is a um an opportunity to this is this is studying abroad. All right. Still still the same thing, but it's uh you know, just a slightly different flavor.
0: So how would you describe the way that they have used Nurkic on defense, let's say on defense for the first, you know, part of the season? Is he a high defender, a low defender? Or how does it, you know, change depending on who he's guarding?
1: I'm really glad you went with high and low, and not like shallow and deep, because if I had to hear somebody like the thought of the song "Shallow" popping in my head again was gonna make me lose my mind. But also, use of Nurkic, where he's defending, how he's defending, like Nurk, Cantor, anybody that big, unless they're Rudy Gobert, they're they're all playing ice defense. Like no matter how aggressive or passive a, a team's defensive system is, they just they have to play ice defense in today's NBA. You can't put your hands on anybody. You can't do anything. So it's.
0: Do you mean ice defense have, like they're they're up at the top forcing somebody to a side?
1: No, they're they're at free throw line extended as high as they get. Okay. And they funnel everything out and around, um, and then the defense itself is funneling to a big a who's you know sitting usually on the opposite side, ready to rotate over and help. Unless, of course, it's pick and roll.
0: So the big is up at the top of the free throw line, extended, Maybe. trying to force someone to go one way into another defender.
1: You're not, yeah, and you're sagging off into the paint on drives, and you're you're absorbing that as opposed to coming up and putting like high ball pressure on, like if you're Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday and the Pelicans last year against Damian
0: Lillard. Can I just say one of my favorite parts of the game? I can't remember if it was today. I think it was today because Alpha Camino was having a really great game and two guys came and trapped him at the half court line. And my heart grew five times to see that they sent two guys out to guard him at the half court.
1: Well, I don't know if they were necessarily going that way as much as they were thinking, hey, we can
0: probably get the ball from him if we send pressure. And in that situation, they did not.
1: <laughs> Listen, Chief had a box score. Good game again. Like had a had a, had himself a night,
0: six and nine, fourteen, six and four. Um, that was super I, condescending. How you said he had a good box score night. He d- he did have
1: contributions, and I know your whole. Things that mom liked today was all about Aminu, but he also had four turnovers today and he Aminu'd almost as hard as he did against Toronto. Yeah, he <laughs> when will, he turns it
0: over, he turns it over
1: <laughs> big time in spectacular fashion. Listen, I know, I, I'm not I,
0: arguing that. I never said that he didn't.
1: And the thing is, is like, you know, where I stand with Chief. I like Chief, I love Chief. I think he's one of the best value players in the league. And we you know I've discussed this probably a billion times with you. And that does not change the fact, like not to go back to the Toronto game, that he had one of the craziest, most unreal stints in a like meaningful regular season game in quite some time. But that's, like you said, that's the fun of Aminu. But I just, I, I can't, Tara. I can't do it. I, uh, tonight he had some of the, the same situations kind of pop up. He had some very good moments where he finished at the rim incredibly well, uh, knocked down a three, rebounded well in traffic. <laughs> but oh man, alive! He is going to be the enemy, of me, Tara.
0: Okay, great. Well, they can play Gary Trent instead of him, and you can be happy.
1: <laughs> Gary's not a Gary's not a three four. Come on now. I'm, I'm not saying that 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 he should be taken out of the lineup or removed from play. I'm just saying he he when he has a rough anybody has a patch that rough, they should come out of the game.
0: I, I'm not, okay, I'm not getting into this again with you. (laughs) Not because I'm seeding this at all, but because I think you and I are coming at it from entirely different angles. And no matter what I say, you're going to insist on having the last word about it. And I am just not, I respect him too much to drag his whole game through a discussion just so you can end with the last word.
1: Oh, that, see, that's
0: not very nice. <laughs> that's not very nice at all. I'm having fun. Okay. Well, good. We're all having fun. While we're having fun, let's talk about the upcoming games because they're going to be real fun because I'm going to be in Memphis on Tuesday to that's watch that right. game. Seventh game of the seventh game series. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, Oof. even if they finish five and two, that's fantastic. If they finish six and one, wow. Incredible.
1: Well, the good news is they've got Amara down there who can be their guide. Their friendly local former Memphis, Memphisian,
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Memphisian? I don't know what the proper term
1: for it is. Memphisian, yeah. Well, Memphisian. well Memphis good. gave
0: Oklahoma City a run for their money tonight. Yeah.
1: Did you see Westbrook's shot? No. He Tara, I, I this is this is pure fact. I could step on an NBA court and shoot better than he shot a shot tonight. So you're better than Russell Westbrook. Okay. By the transitive property, yes. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> you are really feeling yourself tonight, Dan. <laughs> okay. Transitive so, property
1: is all I'm saying, Tara. So. But I, I, um, that, that shot, like, kind of encapsulates what the, the Thunder are, though. Like, they are they are at times incredibly athletic, lethal, unstoppable. And at times they are a train wreck. And you saw but basically both versions of that team against the, the the Grizzlies. But I think the Grizzlies, even without Jaron Jackson Jr., because obviously he's been in and out of the lineup, uh, and they're going to watch him like a rare stone. Um, there's, there's still a team with a bunch of guys who are trying to prove it, that they belong in the NBA. And you can catch any team in the league on any given night when you've got a, a roster full of those guys.
0: Yeah, Memphis has... You know, it's a loaded word to use when describing Memphis, but they do have grit. You know, I mean... Yeah, no, there's a bunch of guys that, that they just want to
1: grind your bones into dust. Yeah, and they <laughs> well, just, that's that's they, they
0: like you said, they want to prove that they belong in the NBA, and they want to, like, prove, you know, that they shouldn't be counted out. So, you know, I, hopefully the Blazers will take it seriously and not do them. But then they roll, after Memphis, they roll back home, or they come back home... Where Oklahoma City comes in, and Oklahoma City has Massive been game. uncharacteristically difficult
1: <laughs> matchup for, yeah, the, the, for the Blazers. So Portland just beat the crap out of them for ever, and then all of a sudden they 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 can't they can't get it done now. It's like oh,
0: don't 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 let them be Kryptonite now. Don't, don't let that happen. Well, I mean, so much of it is because of Paul George. And, you know, last year, Paul oh, George, yeah. I just would, didn't feel like he was comfortable there yet. And now he's comfortable. And, you know, uh, that leaves Russell Westbrook more time for mind games and doing his, his thing. Um, they're just a really hard team to take on. So how do you think Blazers uh, beat Oklahoma City this week? They're gonna need
1: they're gonna need somebody to, to have their game.
0: You know what's gonna be great? Cantor is gonna, you know, he used to play for them. Mm-hmm. So and him and he's and gonna be, I bet you he'll be real mouthy.
1: Yeah, I would, <laughs> That'll I would be like fun. to see him, him and Steven Adams um, going back and forth. The Stash would Bros. certainly be fun. Yeah, that would, it would certainly be fun. Um, and we all know Westbrook is liable to just, yeah, you know right Go, cuckoo, cantor could um, get
0: under his skin in defense of Damien and that could be real fun
1: yeah you gotta get you know old booze old, old booze getting getting mixed in all the lovers little, lovers triangle that's never never good so <laughs> but here's here's the uh, the thorn though what if what if Cantor isn't true to Damien Millard what if Westbrook is his one true boo? what and are you talking about I, I'm just saying I'm just saying like what if what if instead of you're not- out of your mind I'm just saying, like, what if he he refuses to troll Westbrook or he doesn't go all in on it because, you know, that's... Dan, listen to yourself. Cantor
0: throws himself into whatever situation he is in. He's super happy here in Portland, and he's one of those guys who's going to focus on who his team is right now. that's not going to happen. You have never, ever, He, ever he and Steven Adams show. will go out to dinner and have a great dinner, and it'll be super cute and super nice. But there is no worries about Cantor 100, 1,000% mm. being behind Damian Lillard on this one.
1: Not only have you never seen a reality show, you should never produce one, because you don't like drama.
0: Well, there's <laughs> drama, but that's just so out of the realm of what's going to happen. That's just like uh. not... I, to court, let me have let's my see fun. who is it on let me the Oba floor globe who's the reality based person. I'm the reality based person, Dan.
1: <laughs> oh, is that how it's going tonight? Okay, yeah. okay,
0: yeah, yeah. But any, <sighs> but you know, Portland's uh centers you know have uh have been bolstered with the addition of Cantor, and <clears throat> although Nurkic has matched up one on one pretty well with Stephen Adams, I think. Uh, you know, having Cantor in there as a backup, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice. This could be exactly what they needed. To, yeah, it's um, it's
1: the safety valve. of All safety valves. Yeah. Like that's that's a pretty decent. Oh, hey, by the way, we have a Hulk. Like you go full Avengers on him, and like also we have another Hulk.
0: Yeah. We and also
1: folks. we have another. Hulk. Like, like wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. We came for one Hulk. Okay. <laughs> we are not double Hulk proof. Like we need to we need to just kind of take a step back here, folks. Two for or one. What? And realistically, like I, I've been talking to a few people around the league who are still surprised that Portland was able to make this happen, and also like what it means for them overall as a team. Like, I obviously there are the defensive issues, and that's obviously what that's what uh, uh, Matt Moore and I were talking about as well. On top of you know what what it means for, the, for this playoff kind of roster materials that canter's defense is going to be something that comes back to haunt Portland in the playoffs. And I'm just sitting here going, I don't, I just don't think it is. It just doesn't seem that bad. But even then, I think that they were so snake bitten by the lack of offense on the floor or lack of offensive potential on the floor in the series last year against the uh, Pelicans, that they're going to be willing to ride out the whole, well, they're gonna pick and roll, uh, Cantor to death because he's not great in that situation. But you know what? He's getting it back on the other end, so we just don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like Portland's willing to take a bigger risk on that, just because of how things went last year. And whether or not that that, that bears out or not, we'll we'll see. But I just I feel like that's gonna be a, a, a something really
0: different to watch. Does that make sense? Well, like, what specifically a, a, to watch? You mean just Cantor and what they throw at him? Or, like, I mean, I feel like... No, how
1: Portland reacts. Their mindset like,
0: I, is... I feel like they're much more resilient this year, partly because they have backup, partly because they've been through it now. Like, they know what hitting bottom feels like and they don't want to go back (laughs) you know i think they were all affected there's been all these articles coming out you know lots of people have been talking to damien lillard and they've all been talking about how that felt last year and yeah hold on i don't want to interrupt you but i'm I'm
1: going to okay that's so trivial but i wanted to hit on this specifically remember when they coming out of the exit interviews how many people said Oh, yeah, no, no, it didn't bother us at all. Nothing. No big deal. No big deal. Now we're getting all these interviews from everybody right now, and everybody's sitting here going, yeah, no, it really messed us up. Yeah. Like, the, it wasn't any, at any point in time, it wasn't ever like, oh, that was, like, yeah, it sucked, but it wasn't that big a deal. They're, they're professionals. They'll get over it. This is what they're paid to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this messed them up. Like, they, there were some serious, serious questioning of who we are, what we no. are, what are we going to do going forward? It's like everybody who's like, well, no, they found ways. It'll be okay. Let let everybody who's out there who still has that question. There you go. Like this, this messed them up. Like anybody who's questioning if these guys really care, because I saw a lot of that. Like it, it, it kind of bothered me to an extent to where it was like, guys, no, this this was not just some run of the mill situation. This messed these guys up, and how they or whether or not they overcome this or conquer this is going to be the difference in how we view this team.
0: It bothered you the way they were talking about it, or it bothered you the way fans were talking about it?
1: Both. Because I I get why the players are like, oh no, no, no big deal. But it bothered me because clearly it was a big deal. But uh, I saw a lot of fans that because of how they said, you know, well, because because the fans were bothered by what the players said, how it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, I get it, but at the same time, like if you if you watch that and you went, clearly it wasn't that big of a deal to them. They'll it's, they're just gonna bounce right back. Like this, there's an edge to this. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that they're admitting that now. We've heard it from Mo, we've heard it from Dame, we've heard it from CJ, and we've heard it from Nurk. Like, and even the new guys coming in, like we've heard like little anecdotes from Rodney and Annis. Like, yeah, they're they're still itching from last season, and they want to figure something out. So. I know it's kind of a, a a trite little, you know, piece here or there where they talked about it in media, but it's just nice that it's actually coming to the fore. Is that do you agree with that or Yeah,
0: no, I see what you're I see what you're saying. And you know, I don't ever put that much stock in what people say, not in that like I don't trust them at their words, but like people are coached to Yeah, absolutely to say what they're say. They also don't wanna appear weak. Um, and there also have been through, you know, a big ordeal. And so, you know, whether or not somebody's saying, you know, yes, I want to be here for the rest of my career, or that wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, you, you got to take all of that in context, in the context that they say it and allow for the fact that life goes on, things change and things happen. So I understand why they said the things that they said. And I understand at the same time that they, yeah, they were traumatized by the whole thing and they wanted to, they want to erase that. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do because I think they, they're in the, I think they're going to be in the right mindset and they have more tools. And what I don't know is what's the situation with their opponent, you know? Um. Who are they going to be matched up against and will the the Blazers be able to capitalize on any slight weakness that they might have?
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I I, I, you know me, I'm the eternal (laughs) optimist.
0: That's not how I would describe Uh, you. But I'm, um, I. But you like you like to see things when you like good things when you see. Yes. And the thing is like
1: with all of this, with this recent surge of play, which looks like less gimmicky and more of a sustainable type of play that I've seen in the past, like more than just, Oh, Hey, look, they're hot. You know what I mean? The, like the Toronto game, I'll I'll use this as an example. Part of the reason why I'm more motivated, more excited about this is that like it, Even though CJ has a good night, it didn't feel like the offense was hey, it's CJ and everybody else, right? Like it was still every, it was a very flow heavy offense where things were in control and in balance, even if they weren't perfect, even if they weren't great. Like there were still signs of and this is when they're taking out being taken out of one of their, you know, biggest sets by not having Nurkic on the floor. Like it and there wasn't like just one thing after another that had to just go just right for them. They just kept plugging away. Remember what we were talking about before they had the uh, the the loss after leading in the third or a win after leading in the fourth? One of the biggest things that drove me crazy about this team is they hadn't shown like real guts in a comeback.
0: Oh right, because they hadn't really had because they hadn't done it, yeah. yeah.
1: And Like so, to finally see that in Toronto, like there was there was legitimate like clawback moments, down nine, down ten, down thirteen, down sixteen. They just kept finding a way. All those clutch shots, all the momentum shots that haven't been there really for them all season since they came back from the break. Those have been there, and with all of this in mind. If they don't get out of this first
0: round
1: series, Tara, <laughs> I know, I'm so nervous for them. are going to roll. This is mm-hmm. not like a, well, we'll we'll revisit. Like jobs are gone, mm-hmm. guys are traded. Like it's yeah, it, well, and that could happen anyway. I mean, yeah, so but, it's like but this is no an one's ever safe. Flip.
0: But are it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's like a, it's like how many bodies are there gonna be when it's all said? I and mean, done?
0: like maybe who knows. Um... But that's
1: that's what I'm saying. Like so, for all of this stuff, I just I just like, please, guys, please. I don't, I don't (laughs) want to see you all get on, put on the chopping block, Mm -hmm. and have this just all be for naught.
0: Right. Yeah. So, what do you want? What What's a good result in Oklahoma City beyond a win?
1: Like it has to be a win for me. Right. They They they, they need this for a. What does it look like? What does a good
0: win look like?
1: I I don't care in this scenario. To be (laughs) honest. Really? Okay. Like. Like this is like this is not about style points. This is about mentality. Like you cannot have a team like this go into the playoffs four oh on you. Like if, if you if let's say they get a, get out of the first round, but they you know, it's a it's a matchup situation again, you know, what however you want to put an asterisk on it and then all of a sudden they play the thunder in the second round, they get, you know, instead of 4-0, they get four one. Yeah. And then does it does it matter? Hey, we made it to the second round. It's like, well, you made it to the second round against the Clippers, and nobody played. So, did that series matter? You know, how did that how did that look in hindsight in that series? Everybody's like, yeah, it didn't matter. So, I think perspective matters here, as far as okay, you gotta have like some momentum, some belief, some something there. Otherwise, you're gonna be you're gonna be hurting. Yeah, well, going into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that that Clippers series didn't matter. It it did matter. But it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like winning a second round. It was like, you got through the first. Good job. Um, so anyway, we should wrap it up here. Phoenix is on Saturday. We'll see how that goes. 30 points from Jake Lehman. I'm calling it. Shooting your shot early, huh? All right. <laughs> I don't know. Jake just plays so well against Phoenix. He'll probably get like 4 points this time. You know what?
1: I probably I I totally forgot about that. He's just absolutely dumb. He had he's had what? 24 and 25. Yeah, remember him? him
0: sitting on the floor nodding after yeah. hitting that fadeaway 3? That was glorious. like glorious. I love Jake Layman this year partly because like he's so feeling himself and like well, also every, not everybody's feeling looking himself at him the like same time. Jake, that's just who you are right now. Like we're no longer giddy over when you do this because that's what you do every night. So get up.
1: <laughs> the the thing that that I love hate about Jake before we wrap on this is that he should be feeling himself. And then there are times where he just like pulls it back like, Oh I'm sorry, I'm feeling myself. Yeah. Like, and it's like, no, Jake, feel yourself. <laughs> feel yourself, damn it. Like show like he did he the Jordan on shrug. No. The, the <laughs> yeah, like he did the Jordan shrug and he's like afterwards he's like, oh no, no, I wasn't I wasn't Jordan shrug. And you know, I'm like That was the Jordan Shrug of Jordan Shrugs. What are you talking about? You absolutely went up the court with your shoulders shrugged, palms to the sky, smiling and nodding like, "Mm, yeah, you want some of this, don't you? Yes, Jake, I want some of that. Give me more of that. Give me all of that. Stop hiding it. Stop hiding behind the turtle. Unleash the turtle, Jake. Unleash it. I I want him to be the sassy, smartass, just trash-talking, I, I, like, I, want I just to be don't think Southie. you're gonna. I
0: just don't know that you're gonna get that from Jake. So I just want Jake to be the best Jake, whatever that is. I want
1: heel turn Jake. That's what I want.
0: You, you want everybody to be a heel?
1: Not all. <laughs> I just, I just a uh, heel here or there. I do like my heels. <laughs> you do.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, we are having a women's hoops and talks meetup on March twelfth. At uh-huh. the Minimins on Broadway, we're gonna watch the Blazers take on the Clippers. So, Ooh, that'd um, be a rough one. women and people who support women and want to hear what we have to say about the game are welcome to come down to that on March 12th. What do you have coming up, Dan?
1: Uh, we're gonna go back to the Rialto. Uh, I think we got like two or three more of these scheduled every time we You guys we go got yourself
0: there... k- kicked out of the studio again, huh?
1: Uh, yeah, no. This is the. This isn't even getting kicked out of the studio. This is the Rialto wanting us back, which is what people like us. Weird. <laughs> um, also, I have I have news. Yeah. The intents and purposes commercial that everybody hates <laughs> so much. We have we have a new GM. So. Uh, <laughs> That may be coming off the air. Guess what, folks? I hate it, too. Surprise!
0: <laughs> <laughs> you might have to make that the title of this podcast.
1: Listen, folks, I didn't sign up for that stupid thing to be on the air 14 times during the game. You think it's bad for you? Imagine hearing your own voice saying that stupid nonsense over and over and over again. Okay, you know what? Also, actually, by the way...
0: I think I'm the only good. person in Portland. I think that one's kind of cute and clever. Listen, the
1: first time you see her, like, hey, I get it. It's cute. Well, here's the thing: we shot like seven of those different types of commercials, yet they decided on one. <laughs> one was the one we were gonna go with, and it was the one we were all like, "Really? No, that's, no, not that, not that one. That's that one's not objectively not good." But <laughs> hey, I digress. You can catch Joe, Shane, and I, the Blazers Outsiders, on Blazers Outsiders every pre and post game show on NBC Sports Northwest. You can find me on Twitter at DMarang, at d m a r a n g. Twitter, Facebook, IG, everywhere. It's all the same. I'm the only Dan Brang in the world. God bless me. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. Just stop, Dan. (laughs) Just just stop now? Okay. I'm just having fun with it, all right? So just let it go. Um, But, yeah, we're going back out to the Rialto, like I said, and uh, got other cool things happening, and I know we're going to end up having a... Jeez, let me cross myself and tap on all the wood here. Um, a remote uh, watch party for the playoffs, too. So look for that coming up uh, as we get closer and closer to that.
0: Awesome. You can find me at TCB TCBBigs, and you can also find the Hoops and Talks podcast at Hoops and Talks. We're going to have another one come out every Thursday. We're going to try to do weekly as best we can through the end of the season. we got lots <laughs> of cool women lined up to talk to. So... I guess uh, that'll do it for Dan. This is Tara. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we will catch you next time.